Welcome to the IP2 Podcast. I'm Shay Ashby, and as always, I'm joined by Felix Chung. Today's going to be a bit of a lighter fare episode, as we don't have much on the docket. Felix, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing quite well. I'm looking forward to just catching up with you after, I think it's four straight weeks of having guests on. How are yep. you doing? I'm doing well. A little tired today. We're um, spending a lot of time cleaning and getting ready for our family vacation coming up tomorrow. Yeah, you're you're heading out to beautiful BC here uh, on the lake, if I'm correct. If I remember, yeah, we're uh, we're heading out to southern BC, out by Creston. It's about yep. 700 kilometers from where we are. Uh, it is beautiful there, but I am in a little doubt because of the fires that are happening all over British Columbia. I looked at the the map to see where the fires were and if they were going to be affecting us and they're not but there is heavy smoke in and all around that area so we'll see how that um, pans out i guess yeah for sure fingers crossed you know that it doesn't impact you and you have a safe uh and you know relaxing vacation despite all that uh yeah at, at this time we are very lucky a lot of people across canada are very impacted by wildfires uh you know not just the smoke but um you know at risk from the fires themselves. So always thinking about them and uh, yeah. Yeah. I was talking to Isaiah cause he's in Kelowna and he was going to work at the hospital. Um, and just before his shift started, he was packing his car uh, cause he's going to have no notice if there's an evacuation wow. order for them. So hopefully I haven't caught up with him today. That reminds me that I need to do that. Um, and while I was talking to my wife about it too, she was out at the lake, uh, couple of weeks ago when she didn't mention the smoke but we were kind of talking about it today it does feel very weird to be packing for a vacation and then basically driving into the danger zone like it's really right. weird yeah we'll, see. well again fingers crossed that that it's all safe um, yeah. but yeah just uh scary times out there for for a lot of folks absolutely but, uh, yeah tough to uh tough to segue into talking about our our card game uh, from there but <laughs> it, uh, it has been yeah it, it has been again over four weeks since we've caught up and i mean you've been active you're i'm looking at the leaderboard for xp in canada you have you have gone way up over me you're number 17 in canada you've mu you must be of uh crushing some armories over the last few weeks so yeah i've been doing about three uh a week and then when my daughter left on her vacation and my wife went to the lake i was yeah just crushing out games and i yeah i kind of noticed that the other day that i climbed climbed a few spots which um you know i didn't think was gonna be a big thing and then obviously we just uh finished ending skirmish season uh last week there was about three weeks of skirmishes and i attended three skirmishes so one yeah, week you, i think you did quite well in all three if i recall <laughs> no i did Good in two of them. Uh, the yep. last one that we did, um, not so well. So in the first week, we played at Shoebox, I believe. Yep. And two boys came down from Edmonton. Both Andrew and Ethan came down. Um, and I made it all the way to the finals against Andrew in yep. that week. And then I ended up losing to Andrew, uh, as we always talk about. After you beat me in the semifinals, yes. Sure. Well, well, yeah, I beat you in the semifinals, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I let us down by losing to him in his wicked chain deck. Um, so you kind of covered off like the first week there, or, uh, Skirmish, that you and I made finals in top four. How did your day go if you recount it from now? It's just fun to to play Prism. Luminaris is is busted. What can I say? It's yeah, it's a, a really really fun. It's weapon. a busted card. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I also played. We both played Prism in that first week, and yeah. then in the second week, you were not at Ogre's skirmish. Oh, I I was there. I was just okay. a corpse Sorry. though. Right. I, you'll remember because I played two games that I dropped. Oh yeah, that's right. Because you had to leave. I, I, because you were yeah, I had to leave and take a nap. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you were yeah, you were still on three hour time zone change time. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah. So I played Kano that day, um, yeah. and I made top eight in that, and then I got yep. KO'd, KO'd, KO'd real hard in mm. in uh, the quarters there by Paul. Paul's just uh, evergreen. 
<laughs> in our blitz skirmishes. <laughs> yep. Which which he went on to the finals. So good for yeah. him. Uh, that was really yeah. awesome to see Paul go that far. Okay. Um, and then yeah, and then the last week of skirmish, I decided that I wanted to go to Lethbridge to go play uh, more because I hadn't had enough. Yep. And I grabbed two people with me. Adrian and Thomas both came with me for the ride down. And I scrubbed out pretty hard that day. I didn't do very well. But Thomas did amazing, um, making it the farthest in any event that he has outside of a armory. So he was super stoked to make it to the finals in that, which was nice. super awesome for for him. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Like, I love road trips like that. Um, we were just having a great time in the car on the way down and coming back. It was just, you know, a real pleasure to to hang out with Adrian and Thomas. Very good. Very good. Yeah, well, skirmish season always feels like it flies by, and uh, yeah, we're into a period of some bigger events coming up here. National season technically is going to kick off, um, and yeah, Vegas is is coming up. Sadly, at you know, it intersects with the uh, the time where you're having your family vacation. But yeah, I am getting ready to go in well under a week here. And yeah, very, very excited to to be there judging uh, all three days. And there'll be around 10 people from, from Calgary going. Nice. And yeah, just um, very what? perturbed to see that Prism is, uh, is on the upswing, though. We were watching the Battle Hardened stream from today, um, yeah. Atlanta, and, and there's a Prism doing decently well. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned that I'll need to make some <laughs> some calls there. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I think she's still kind of like suspected to be in the lower tier. I think she'll fit a certain meta. Um, yeah. And you've been playing prison for a long time, so I don't think you have anything to be worried about. You're pretty, pretty savvy when it comes to the calls that are going to be made. And I don't think there's going to be anything too, too wacky for you. Yeah, fair, fair. So. Enough. When are you heading out for Vegas? So I'll fly out on the Wednesday. There's yep. a judge conference on the Thursday. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm working. Monday, I will fly back. So I am taking three days off. It's my first vacation over a day that I'm taking this whole year uh, Okay, well, from yeah. work. So I'm pretty looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be jam packed. Um, not a lot of extra time on, on either end. Did you want to talk about the judge conference at all and why that's maybe special or important? Yeah, for sure. So before most calling events end up, there is a judge conference, uh, typically for callings, it'll be on the Friday morning on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday event, but not always. So definitely check with each event. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of premier like tier four events, the judge conference will be a bit bigger and it'll be on the day before. So it's always a great opportunity to meet a lot of members of the judge community in particular. And there's no requirement to be a judge really to it's just open to anyone to attend, even if you're not a certified judge. But of course, check beforehand. Um, and at these conferences, they'll have presentations um, from various people about different topics. I remember for the judge conference before Indianapolis, there were presentations on how to do an investigation, which is one I attended. There was one about common rules interactions in this meta, uh, which is also another one that, that I attended. So a lot of different topics from very experienced um, presenters that are very, very valuable. And I certainly encourage anyone that could be interested or have the opportunity to attend one of those conferences if, if your schedule allows. Nice. Now, this one is also of import that you sort of let me know that you're also going to be speaking at this conference. Yeah, so when I said that the presenters are highly qualified and respected, <laughs> maybe that's uh, maybe okay that's not true. Yourself. Maybe they're they're letting anyone <laughs> present at this time. But yeah, I was fortunate enough to be selected and... Definitely, I do feel um, that one of my strengths would be speaking about judges' roles within a community and different ways judges can serve a community and the different tools by which 
um, we have at our disposal to to do so, be it through the PPG, the or through the Judge Code of Conduct, or any one of those other tools. Uh, just because judges do have an elevated status within the community, we also mm-hmm. have the obligation to to protect it in a way and to uphold its values. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's a presentation that I'm working on. I may be burning the midnight oil on submitting the PowerPoint. So this is taking me back to being in university. <laughs> so there, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to presenting that. I do have one follow-up question that I was kind of like thinking about yeah. and wondering what prompted you to um, want to, hold this uh, conference and further to that, I guess, why now or why not uh, in, in the future? A couple things. First of all, I do feel like I do have something interesting to share. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we have this podcast, right? Like if, mm-hmm. if I, and both of us, I'm sure if we felt like we had nothing to contribute, then we, we wouldn't be making this podcast. And similarly, I, I do feel like I have something to contribute when it comes to speaking to judges, a lot of judges or a lot of people in general, just to broaden that out, don't understand the power that they can wield being members of a community, being leaders in a community and how much potential you have to do good. So yeah, just um, I do feel like it's a valuable topic. It's one that I haven't seen come up in other judge conferences so far, although I I've I haven't been to too many. So it's and it's something that I'm very comfortable speaking about. That's that's the reason. I also have the personality where if um, applications open, I don't have any issues with with applying. The worst yeah. that people can say is no, yeah. but if they if they see some value, then I'm I'm more than happy to. Yeah, I, I'm sure you'll find a fair audience for it. Um, just even in our interviews, you we hear that people are willing to learn and want to engage, and there's always something for somebody um, that, that people will learn, so no matter what. So, you know, I think you'll probably find a, a fair, good audience for that. Yeah, thanks. And, I mean, honestly, one thing that I'm a little bit worried about is uh, for Vegas coming up and also Canadian Nationals, which is another two weeks after Vegas, we're going to have to figure out how we record this podcast. Um, I know we've talked about this a little <laughs> bit offline, but it's yeah. it's going to be a little bit crazy. It's going to be interesting what uh, what our podcasts are going to look like over the next month. Next with, weeks, uh, yeah. Yeah, all of these things going on, but uh, yeah, it's mostly you. I'll be, I'll be in my the comfort of my home, or at a lake. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, I, we have a few ideas for for next week, so I'm I'm curious to see how they pan out if that's what we end up doing. So this is are... scary because this is the least pre-planned we have ever been. Yes. Like <laughs> normally, we have interviews and things lined up. Uh, lined up in advance but uh scripts for days yeah yeah it's uh it's gonna be a little bit uh ad hoc here over the i think it'll be fun i'm excited for it i think it'll be fun yeah yeah so so vegas is coming up here i'm gonna be working with fred on both days of the calling which are you sorry are you working on the same team as fred or just as, as judges together in the venue we are we are working the same event on the same team, okay. uh, the end of round team, which will be a lot of fun. I get to do side events on Friday, so hopefully I'll get to see a lot of a lot of our friends all having fun on side events, uh, getting ready yeah. for, for the calling. So also really looking forward to that. And yeah, a lot of familiar faces that we've uh, <laughs> that we've talked to on this podcast will be there as well. There's going to be Ryan Wood. Um, who we also interviewed, Klaus. Um, wow, so many people. That, That's awesome. Uh, that I, yeah. I wish I could join you for that. That sounds like a good time to be able to like physically meet the people that we spent a bunch of time with. And yeah, um, yeah that'll be, I'm jealous that I'm not going. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Well, we're we're gonna have to to wait for for the next event we get to travel to. Um, 
I guess before we move on to news, I guess uh, I'm going to be ep- editing this episode. So normally you're the one that does that hard work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this episode's going to feel a little <laughs> bit different. I'm okay. tempted to just upload it raw. To be quite honest, I don't think I don't think you want that. Not gonna lie. <laughs> Give it a listen first, and then see if you want to upload it raw. We'll that see. takes tw- twice as much time to to do it that way. <laughs> so, All as right. far as news, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with bright lights? Let's talk about bright lights. Wow, did you have single class? draftable set on your bingo card i did not have that on my bingo card um i've given it a little bit of thought too Uh, i am not a mech player Mm -hmm. i am not interested in mech at all but i am actually very intrigued to see how this set pans out for draft this honestly feels or seems like it could be more exciting to me than outsiders as a draft set because other than a card being bad every card should be playable by anybody. So I I feel like that's going to add a very intricate dynamic to the drafting process. And players are going to have to be more cognizant of what they're passing, uh, as well as putting into their deck, because something in a draft you might be able to wheel. You're like, yeah, this card's probably going to come back. Man, there's probably very little chance that that card in this upcoming set is going to come back to you. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm really intrigued by it, and I think for myself, I've dabbled with Dash here and there um, in Constructed, um, and there hasn't really ever been another playable Mechanologist in CC, so that... (laughs) In CC, CC. look, I'm not throwing any shade at Dad at all here, don't worry, (laughs) don't worry. But... um, even if I'm not intrigued by the Mechanologist class, I think it's perfectly fine to be able to say, I'm going to skip this set for Constructed. I'm just going to engage with it in Limited because we're mm-hmm. going to start hitting this four sets per year cycle. And I think just for the sake of my wallet and the way that I spend um, over the course of a year for Fab, I yeah. think it's a really healthy thing to be able to say this set may not be something that I need to go super hard in the paint for and buy three cases and really try to rip open as much as I can. I think it's perfectly fine to just say, you know, I play Guardian and I know this is a set that I could skip and I'm, ju- I'm just going to focus on limited. I'm going to draft at my local armory for you know, three months, once a week, and that's fine. If I open a cool Marvel, so be it. Yeah. Um, for someone like myself, I don't try to go out of my way to collect every set's chase cards anymore. That's something that I dabbled with in the past, but yeah. not anymore. And I think that will be quite healthy for me, and it'll just help me modulate... Uh, my spending uh, and just help, help me engage with things in a more sustainable way. So yeah. I have absolutely no issues with that. Yeah. I've kind of come to the same conclusion myself as well, actually with dust till dawn that it's an unsustainable practice for me to try and keep up my collection for every single set. And like yeah. you said, with this being a set that's maybe that someone's not as intrigued with that they can take a break from it. Um, it, in a you know a lesser capacity than one might have, and I'm going to have to I'm going to have to do that because you know even just physical space trying to keep up with having a a collection for every set four sets a year that's a that's a lot. So yeah, right. I'm with you in that, and because I for me too even like every single set that's not a supp- supplemental set, um, I've always found a hero or a class that I'm like super intrigued in. I'm like okay, I'm switching to this. It's going to be my new main, and I've done it like every single set uh that's come out and now that you know there's a mech only set i'm kind of like yep you know what this is actually the perfect opportunity to take a step back from obtaining the game in the capacity that i i do and i don't think i'll feel bad for it either like i feel like in the past i would have felt fomo regarding like oh i'm not getting prism cards or i'm not getting riptide cards whatever it is and this one i think it's going to be this is the right time for me to to assess that and step back 
Yeah, or maybe one of the new heroes completely sinks its teeth into you and it's <laughs> back, on, back on the roller coaster for you. Maybe, maybe. I doubt it, but we'll see. Yeah, I think um, I think one kind of funny thing is when the set was announced, again, and I don't know why I do this, but scrolling down through comment sections and all that, there there was a decent amount of internet negativity about this comment as well and it's so funny because i think a lot of people have come around to it similar to the way you and i have described it but we were getting hit by a lot of complaints like hey this is coming way too soon like lss is becoming like wizards we're just gonna get flooded with products now and they're gonna be after all our money and then other people, or sometimes the same people, going, wow, my class is not getting supported. I'm not going to have the chance to spend money on yeah. new cards for all of my decks. I'm like, people are complaining about having to spend too much money too often or not having the chance to. I don't know, man. It's yeah, uh, <laughs> You can't, you can't win. You can't win. I, yeah. I think it'll be, again, as we're talking about it, I think it'll be good. Because I actually really wasn't super stoked on... Uh, four sets a year. Yeah. Um, my wallet uh, was basically the one that's not super happy about it. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out how I could sustain collecting four sets a year, and I can't, which is fine. Um, but also the three sets a year, the way they were cycling core set, supplemental core set, that's good for that year. But when you get two supplementals in a single core set, it felt like a very long time for draft periods and you know like i think it got kind of boring at the end of like uprising so i think this will keep it fresh on the the one year um yep. um cycle so yeah yep. so I, I think that's good and yeah we'll we'll see how it pans out but so i'm i'm more excited now that we're starting to see stuff like a single class set again where i don't think i have to obtain everything so we're we're going to be okay there i think yeah absolutely and I'm just really excited because truly when LSS says everything's on the table, we're going to continue to try experimenting with weird and wacky stuff. They mean it. This is pretty wacky. And I yeah. love it. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm I'm yeah. all for it. I love change. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, let's move on to our next piece of news here. Uh, this happened, I think, last week. Uh, Blitz. Blitz got updated, so the sideboarding changes are permanent, except mm-hmm. 40 card main boards are enforced now, so there's no boarding up. And drone is banned. So we got this wrong, Shay. We are on record saying that drone is not going to be a factor in Blitz, and it's time to pay the piper for both of us. How did we get this wrong? I don't know, man. I I thought we knew what we were talking about. I guess we're not mega high level pro players like we claim to be all the time. How could we get this wrong, Felix? I don't know. Shay, Um, I I sense you're not being very sincere in your apology here to all of our listeners. I never will be. Nah, Uh, the changes are good, you know? Um, I don't know how you feel about them, but uh, I didn't like the sideboard to begin with. Uh, I thought Blitz was best at its 40 card, no change, made it the barrier of entry easy. Because one thing that I see a lot of new players not play CC for is because they're scared of the sideboard. And that's one of the common things that I've always heard people talk about. And so I felt like if they have this sideboard plan in the Blitz um, environment, that that's going to deter people from maybe even picking up the game. Uh, I'm not sure how you feel about that. I don't really buy that argument. Like, what's what's forcing someone to sideboard? Like, it's not optimal to not sideboard, but yep. a new player is not going to play optimally, potentially, for until they learn how to. So, so what's what's the difference? Yep. That's like, so, yeah, so someone can play CC without a sideboard. Someone can play Blitz without a sideboard still, right? Um, so, yeah, yeah. I just don't. don't and that's why that. I think my opinion kind of changed. Because uh, yeah. people don't have to sideboard. And honestly, the sideboard limit of essentially three or four cards is not really that big of a stretch 
to yeah. either have or not have. So I've come around. I like that they capped it at 40 cards, and I'm yep. glad that we're keeping the, the 52 uh, slots in the deck. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, did you enjoy playing in the previous Blitz meta? You've, you've played in three skirmishes, like you said. Um, I barely played in one and a half, so I didn't mind the meta, but I, I only saw a very limited selection of decks. What did you think? Um, like pre skirmish, you know, our, our local meta is just people playing whatever they want. We have a lot of people that just want to play a class or a hero because they're intrigued by it or they like the mechanics. Yep. Uh, So when it came down to skirmish season, people still did that for the most part. Um, there was a couple of tryhards that came down from Edmonton that played their S tier heroes. They played them very well. Yep. Um, but outside of, outside of that, I don't think that our our regional meta was super tryhardy in that regard. People just played what they wanted to play, and yeah. so for us, it was a. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, you didn't have fifteen chains uh, sitting down. You know, we only had one or two chains, one or two uh, fatigue iras, yeah. uh, a couple a couple of prison people, and it was never really more than two people on a single hero, and yeah. we had no less than you know like whatever 15 people at a skirmish so there was always tons of variety got it so i thought it was pretty pretty healthy and pretty good um but i think that's just kind of way our our regional meta has like sort of developed and been cultivated got it okay well yeah i'm looking forward to to what this means for the format maybe some more longevity uh for deeply enfranchised players but uh yeah we'll see and again, our sincere apologies for getting the drone ban wrong. It's yep. uh, our bad. <laughs> our bad. <laughs> uh, draft pod changes. So very interesting here. So there's always been a disagreement or a philosophical discussion about what happens if 12 people show up to yep. your draft armory. Do you pair it eight and four or six and six? Um, you know, eight and four, you can argue that you're giving eight people the optimal experience and yep. four people get the shaft. Six and six, you're saying that everyone gets a slightly suboptimal experience. So it's uh, it's an interesting question. Yep. Uh, but certainly with the latest draft pod changes lss has come out in favor of the six and six approach whereas previously it has been eight and four um i guess any any thoughts on that shay just a i don't know a couple i guess there we've had lots of conversations um about the draft draft pod sizes in the past mostly surrounding pre-releases because yep. um, sometimes we'll get a weird number of people and it gives you, yeah, that eight and four or whatever. And then the TO is trying to force pairs and yeah, it's been a lot of, it's been a bone of contention. So and I think most people didn't like that. Right. Um, and something in a, in a pre-release when there's prizing on the line, like greater than normal prizing, the draft pot of four has some people think have a, an advantage over the draft pot of eight. Um, where you're right. not challenged as for cards as against as many people. Um, so I'm not a draft expert by any stretch, but I think the changes are good. I'm glad that they came out. And again, like in LSS fashion, they had a conversation or they, at least they gave their thoughts as to why they started a certain way. And you hear why they started a certain way. And you're like, okay, yeah, I understand your reasoning. And then I also appreciate you coming out and saying, this is why we're changing. And this is what we're going to try. And just because LSS changes something doesn't mean they're also not going to revert if it doesn't work. So no, nothing is ever permanent with LSS. And I appreciate that. Uh, like you said earlier, they're always trying to change and do wacky stuff and try things. Yeah. From my perspective, dealing with the weird uh, draft potting rules has taught me a lot about gem. So yeah. I've had to fix a lot of, or, okay, I don't want to say fix. I've had to modify a lot of draft pods. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, helping out the the TO here for our weekly armories. Um, uh, 
And that's something I'm comfortable saying now out loud. Uh, maybe previously I wouldn't have wanted to put this out on public record that I manipulated Jem in such a manner. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it taught me a lot about Jem, but certainly from just a public relations or player satisfaction point of view, imagine this is your one armory that you can go to in a week and you're looking forward to draft and then you get stuck into a pot of four in your 12-person armory. That's uh, yeah. definitely not a situation that feels good. So I'm I'm pretty happy with these changes as well. Okay. Uh, last news. Battle Hard in Vancouver was announced along with a whole schwack of other battle hardens and other large events for for q4 so this is an incredibly exciting topic uh because vancouver are neighbors um just one province over and vancouver is a 10-hour road trip or a very affordable flight for us and the first premier level event um like a battle hardened that has been hosted in our area so pretty cool i mean is this something that you'd be able to go to shay do you think i'm gonna try i'm definitely gonna try for this one like you said it's, yeah. it's very close it's a, a premier level event in canada that's uh, definitely obtainable uh so we're gonna try and make it happen whether it's through player capacity or judge capacity has yet to be seen but i also think it'll draw a lot of people from alberta as well um if we can send 10 people to vegas i think we can send more people to to vancouver yeah yeah it's uh we had maybe a bit of a rivalry you could say with uh bc way way in the past when there just weren't a lot of pro quests and Mm -hmm. and rtns like for the first few but ever since then i think both regions have had enough um them a little more than us uh to be you know not have to cross pollinate as much so yep. it's always fun to see the regions mix up and man bc has some really good players uh that i'd love to see how we measure up against yeah absolutely uh me too i'm very curious to see um kind of like we were talking about like the the pro quest and rtn season like even in the last one we just had the one one uh bc person jay come by and he didn't even really come by to play in our events um specifically for whatever it was the rtn season he was already here on something else and he just happened to join so like you kind of mentioned it's they've slowly um dwindled the amount of people that they're sending over to try and um claim you know ptis and stuff like that so yeah um it'll be interesting to see what uh what comes of um vancouver and i'm curious to know how many people from like ontario are going to fly out also um it is a bit of a bit of a flight, but again, you're not crossing a border, so it's a bit easier to to go across. Three hour time difference. It's a it's a big flight Toronto to Vancouver. Even sure. you know, I heard Canada is a big country. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's funny because I listen to our old episodes, and they do hold up quite well. If you're, if you have a long trip <laughs> sure, to any yeah. of our more recent listeners, um, they, they hold up really well, even the first episode. And one of the topics we were talking about was there were very few West Coast or Western North America events announced at the time, because this was before Calling Vegas was announced and Battle Hardened Vancouver so it just looked like there were all of these callings and battle hardens being held in the eastern part of the continent and basically very little in the west. I think it was just battle hardened Salt Lake City um, announced and that was it. Mm-hmm. So since then, we've had Vegas. I think we've had battle hardened in L.A. and now battle hardened in Vancouver um, all, all announced and after talking to Jared uh, last week, this was all probably in the planning stages at the time uh, while everyone or while some people were complaining and uh, and just uh, having some issues with it. So 
I guess that stuff is is just pretty interesting to hear how things pan out uh, over time. Yeah, I, I feel like this battle harden is also very important. Um, I think we probably need a very good showing to make to show LSS that planning events in the western part of the continent is worth it. And it's yep. worth supporting the community. And yep. if we could get a good one out of LA, we can get another good one out of um, Vancouver, then hopefully we find more. They don't always have to be in Canada. I mean, outside of Vancouver, there's not a whole lot of other choices. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I hope that we can we can really show LSS that, um, that it's worth planning. Because uh, like you said, Jer- Jared kind of talked about it. And it's a, it's a long ways out to plan an event. Um, yep. And there's a lot of resources that go into it. So we, we need to kind of back it up and show that it was worth it. Yeah. And I guess the, the, the last bit of news that I, I had pulled up here was also an interesting thing that came up during our podcast was Canadian distribution. It's just funny to see on the Flesh and Blood main page uh title article about canadian distribution update yeah but uh yeah travis was saying how previously there was only one distributor in canada that carried the game and it was not one of the bigger ones now apparently um there's been an update and the game is a lot more accessible in canada so they have also addressed another concern that was brought up directly on our podcast which is (laughs) It's interesting. It's weird that it happened twice, right? <laughs> you, are you insinuating that LSS is secretly listening to our podcast and taking what we say to heart and actually fixing the problems? You know, that has to be the reasonable conclusion to draw from, <laughs> from this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, since that update, oh, though, man. I've talked to a couple of store owners and yep. they um, have told me that they're willing to actually carry fab in some capacity already with just that announcement alone that they'll order a box or a case if somebody wants it because it's so much easier because they already have ties with that distributor yeah and it just they just slap it on the order sheet and away they go so this is going to be a really good thing for canadian fab no doubt about it yeah that's just yeah exactly and that's just like travis uh mentioned during his interview as well right like just that barrier to entry for a store yep. mm-hmm. having that distribution network in place is uh is already there yeah I'm super excited to see what comes of canadian lgs's and fab from this point on yeah any other highlights from our recent four weeks of interviews you wanted to bring up before we delved into a random topic um, I, man, there was so much to go over, like f- four weeks of, of interviews was a lot. Yeah. Um, I could try and pick something from each one, but I really enjoyed the conversation with Chris, um, being a family man myself struck a chord. It was very easy to get into a conversation with him Yep. Uh, because of the family, um, tie that we both had and how to sort life out and how to, um, you know, how we might introduce games to our our children and and what that looks like and the support that we got from our our wives and our hobbies and the things that we need in our life. So that was probably one of the, um, I don't know, best conversations for me in the last couple of weeks. I don't know. What, what did you have? Well, before we go on to that, I mean, for someone like myself, I mean, both you and Chris are a little bit further along in your, your lives than I am. So you're old. <laughs> But, uh-huh. uh, yeah okay thank you yeah. I was waiting for that <laughs> but, uh, but uh, it was just fascinating for for me to just sit back and and listen and I felt like I was part of the audience for some parts of that interview in a good way like just mm-hmm. listening trying to absorb the lessons that you were sharing and picking up on the successes and the pitfalls and yeah I really appreciated that that episode um and just how open and honest you and and chris were so definitely one of my favorites yeah um for me i mean the only person that we haven't talked about is klaus and you know just because his role is so specialized and so cool uh with with lss and i mean i would just like to highlight him he he does work for um or work with lss and 
he took time out of his day, uh, despite having a crazy schedule and having to hop on a meeting right after talking to us, yeah. uh, just to share how things work behind the scenes. And just knowing that people like him are working behind the scenes to make sure that the infrastructure of the game is strong just fills me with a lot of confidence that the game is in good hands from all angles moving forward. And he was, yeah, just very honest about his own experiences, like what led him to become such a experienced judge with so much travel uh, knowledge and, and uh, experienced travel. Yeah, just going all around the world. Yeah, it was just a, a great interview. Yeah, just listening to you talk about that, and even as I was kind of looking over at our minimal show notes here, looking at Travis's name and then Klaus and Jared, they all weirdly fill a similar role in that they all facilitate the game in some facet, but every single one of them is important to the growth and longevity and life of this game. Yep. So while they all touch on something totally different, they're very symbi symbiotic, I guess, in yep. the way that they um, are a part of fab. And I didn't really kind of put that together until just now. And it's actually kind of really cool that people yeah. with such diverse um, roles or backgrounds and how they uh, interact with this game are so important to this and the community. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Okay. Well, let's move on to our random topic for the day. So let's talk about food. <laughs> What's like, your favorite I food? Show? I forgot what the random topic was for a second. Oh yeah. Oh. That guy likes food. Um, yeah. Man, I like all things, but we were kind of talking about, you know, what's our, our favorite restaurant. Um, here in Calgary, we have an amazing restaurant called the Himalayan, and they serve yeah. Nepalese food. Mm. Um, and it's close to, like, I guess, Chinese um, flavors as well as um, Indian flavors. Okay. And I can't really describe how they intertwine into into dishes but um yeah i think that uh, nepalese food is probably one of my favorite because of this re restaurant in calgary okay no that's that's really interesting the himalayan so yeah the himalayan definitely we'll need to check it out the, if you're there is around. so along with the restaurant which you can't always ask for this um sanjay the owner is probably the best person in the world and it had been years since Yvonne and I went and we just recently went back to the restaurant and he did a double take and once he looked at us he re he recognizes right away mm. I think part of my enjoyment for that restaurant is part of the owner because he is he is something special as a as an owner of you know uh, a restaurant and one of the things that I really admire about what he does with his business this is kind of a side tangent that he actually shuts down his restaurant for somewhere from like two weeks to four weeks a year Yep. And they go home to go visit their family. They learn about more culinary um, adventures and experiences while they're there and bring them back to their to their restaurant and try uh, new things with their restaurant. So, yeah. No, that's, that's in incredible. And it, it shows, yeah, that the, the owner cares about his business and his employees and also about continuous improvement. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, just to be able to always go back and learn more lessons that's a great uh, that's a great thing you're not just stagnant and just doing the same thing no over and over and over again how about you felix what's your favorite food so calgary is an amazing city for food in my opinion i'm sure that there's a lot of other cities out there um but and maybe i'm biased i have a you know, home, home bias here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just a lot of different cuisines, um, a lot of different ethnic groups that, that you can get. But one thing that I'm continually impressed with in Calgary is the Vietnamese food. I don't think too many places in the world outside of Vietnam can compare to the quality or the quantity of different places to get something like pho, which is my favorite meal and a meal that I would probably have if I could, you know, every meal mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> for the rest of my life. Like I wouldn't say that about too much, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I'm lucky I have the chance to travel to a lot of different places. Um, 
and you know even going to some bigger places like vancouver or toronto even you know i could be very impressed with the quality of their chinese food or other regional specialties but i'll find their vietnamese food usually lacking compared to what we have here Mm, interesting so definitely my you know there's there's 12 different restaurants that i would happily go yeah. to yeah for for a good bow of, of it, it wasn't yeah. something that i'd ever even thought about until we were kind of talking about it and i think it was the discord yeah um and even i've been living in my house for roughly 15 years and we've had in our neighborhood i think three vietnamese restaurants yeah they've all been slightly different yeah but they've always been good yeah. and just down the street from my uh my work there's a couple of Vietnamese restaurants that I've gone to. And again, always good. And I've never really kind of pieced it together that I always enjoy uh, the Vietnamese in the city, no matter where I go. Um, And I never, one restaurant never stands out as being below any other restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We have Northern Vietnamese, we have Southern, we have more fusion type restaurants as well. And the, the other funny thing about Vietnamese in Calgary is that, this is not some new hipster thing, like not not to disparage any of this, but there have been a lot of ramen places popping up lately, a lot of <laughs> udon yeah. places. Like that's all great too. I, I love yeah. that kind of food, but a lot of the Vietnamese restaurants around here have been around, you know, for 20 plus years, mm-hmm. uh, you know, since I was very young uh, growing up here and still serving the same great, great food. So yeah, I would say my my favorite my favorite food here and just in general is is pho. I will my my wife thinks I'm crazy. You know, it, it could be 35 degrees in Calgary, which is like a hundred degrees yeah. Fahrenheit, and I'll still just wolf down a extra large, extra hot. Uh, <laughs> how special! I love good, it. Good with a hot bowl of soup. Yeah. Yeah. Have some hot tea as well. My parents always told me it's good to eat hot food when it's hot. It makes you sweat and cool you down. I don't know if that's true. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah. What's, do you have any meals that you've had traveling around that are particularly memorable? Um, when we went to St. Lucia on our, our honeymoon, um, one of the restaurants that was in the Sandals Resort that we were at served yep. French food. And I don't recall the particular dish, but I do recall the feeling of the food that we ate was like we were, if we were allowed to go back every single night, we would go back to this restaurant. Right. uh, Because the food was so good there. Uh, But you were only allowed to go to the fancy restaurant once while you were there. So that sounds incredibly draconian. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Um, (laughs) We did have access to the other sandals resorts and we went to a different one. Uh, for one day and we checked out a restaurant there and they had dolphin on their menu. Um, That's horrifying. I'm not a a seafood person. um, And then Yvonne was too scared to try it. So we never tried the dolphin, but it was, yeah, it was weird to see for us. uh, Dolphin on the menu. Deeply upsetting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would imagine, I mean, I'd like to think that there was a reason that, there it was okay to have dolphin on the menu i'm not sure oh there's so. no reason why that's okay <laughs> why is it because dolphins are intelligent <laughs> yes come on <laughs> oh no. how about you anything memorable from your travels all i can think about is dolphin now. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah you didn't see that one coming did you no, I really didn't. You continue to to surprise me. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not terribly well-traveled, I must say, when it comes to going outside of North America. Traveling is is on my bucket list, but it's just not something mm-hmm. I, <clears throat> I had the means to do uh, earlier on, and now I don't have really the time to do yep. now but hope maybe with flesh and blood and other things I'll, I'll have the chance to go to places like europe or asia um but man even the place that i'm going now um through my work you know the atlantic provinces of canada um the seafood there is incredible and i do really like seafood as well something like 
a lobster roll or even just uh you know there, there is one place in downtown Moncton uh close to where I stay uh called Catch 22 Lobster Bar they have just incredible lobster dinners and huge mussels like mm-hmm. the size of I don't know like they they have mussels like an inch or some of them an inch and a half like big from from yeah. PEI like that kind of stuff to someone like me that grew up in a landlocked province on the prairies like that's incredible i i love that and it stands out as very different so that's what i'm gonna say nice yeah seafood i would from atlantic canada i would love to try that like as a yeah. non-seafood person i would love to go to i don't know as close to the origin of the food as you can go and try it because yeah. that's honestly where i think the the best is that you're gonna try it and if you find it there and you love it then there's a there's hope you know and if you still don't like it then i guess you don't like it right oh yeah all right well now i'm really hungry so I'm gonna have to <laughs> can wait a few go hours. out go out and grab a snack but uh <laughs> yeah. any any closing thoughts before we sign off for today no i don't have anything how about you no, not much. Just uh, look forward to some chaos coming up, um, which is rare for the IP2 podcast. We'll, we're going to go back on the rails shortly. But uh, for now, Vegas coming up, Canadian Nationals yeah. coming up after that. And we'll have some more great interviews after. And please look forward to what's coming up in the next couple of weeks. It's surely going to be fun. Please check us out on YouTube at IP2Podcast, on Twitter at IP2Podcast, on Mastodon, IP2Podcast, at Wraith.Social. Thank you. Perfect. Have a safe flight, my friend.